for the word of God, let us turn our attention to the gospel according to Matthew chapter 6. The gospel according to Matthew chapter 6. Amen. Amen. And we're going to to start our spotlight reading on verse 1. Matthew, the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 6, starting with verse 1. You will find these words. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men. To be seen by them. Otherwise you have no reward from your father in heaven. Therefore when you do a charitable deed. Do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites. Do in the synagogues and in the streets. And that they may have glory from men. Assuredly I say to you they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand 
is doing. That your charitable deed may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. And I just want to talk with you from a few moments from the thought. Charitable deeds. Charitable deeds. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. It's interesting how the Holy Spirit is leading a man. Our Bible studies, our Sunday school, and our sermon for Sunday morning. It appears the Holy Spirit is leading us in similar ways with different sections of Scripture. But all in all, he's pointing toward his disdain for hypocrisy. For being fake. For not being real. Amen. For having ulterior motives other than serving the Lord. When we look at our text today, we must understand that in the context of this passage and according to the words that are used to be translated charitable deeds, he's talking about monetary deeds. He's talking about your giving. We, we live in a world that loves to toot its horn about its giving. Amen. 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 Taco Bell or KFC or any of these restaurants, PepsiCo, they, they, they want to be able to say how much they have given to this organization or that organization so that they can look good in men's eyes. Amen. Amen. On your jobs, they have these giving campaigns. Amen. And, and they don't just give out of their own coffers, but they encourage and they coerce, in some cases, the employees to give to these programs all to make themselves look good. Amen. That this company or that company gave this many millions of dollars to this researcher that, oh, what a magnanimous and altruistic company that is. But at the same time, they built it on the back of their employees. Amen. They have set up systems so by which their giving campaigns, they use their employees and others to build up their name. Amen. They like to toot their own horns. And because we live in a culture that likes to get their names put on uh, boards and on placards when they give a certain amount, it is easy for the church to get caught up in the same thing. Amen. I mean, we, we, we want our names to go on when, when folks say they gave so much to it. Sister such and such, or brother such and such, or Mr. such and such, or Miss such and such. We want our names out there like that. But that's an influence of the culture. This morning in Sunday school, we were talking about how Daniel was in captivity in Babylon, but Daniel, uh, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, also known as Ananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, the Hananiah, they, they didn't want to get caught up in that world. They, they, they were in that world, but they weren't of that world. And it's the same for the church. We have to be the church. We have to be peculiar in the midst 
of a perverse generation. So our world constantly is showing us you got to toot your own horn. You got to put your own self in light. When you do something, let the world know. But this text is beginning to show us that that's not the way of God. Remember that Matthew was writing this text to show that Jesus was king. And Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount is showing us what he requires of citizens of the kingdom of God. So once again, we're starting to see how diametrically opposed the kingdom of God is to the world. As I say on many occasions, the kingdom of God is 180 degrees opposite of the kingdom of this world. God, God don't want us out there tooting our horns when we do something. We got to, we got to have a show so that folks can know what we've done. Amen. The text goes on to say, he says, take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your father in heaven. See, it's so easy to get caught up because we, we want people to know you know, what we do. We, want, we, we don't want to be missed. And so the tendency is we, we want to tell somebody about when we do a good thing. Well, I gave such and such. Well, such and such didn't want for nothing because of what I did. Well, I did this and I did that. Some of us know so well at our family gatherings, we may hear these, these long litanies of what I did and what I did. At the same time, cloaking it, in righteousness. In other words, we might be saying, God, thank you, but at the same time, we're also saying what I did so that other folks can know. Out of our heart, the motivation is really so that other people can praise me. That other people can say, woo wee, she sure is a good giver. Woo wee, she sure is this and that. I have found even myself at times putting myself in that very situation to wanting folks to see what I've done. Amen. But did I get my reward from God? No, I got it from men. So the best I got was maybe a pat on the back. Maybe a good word to say he sure was. But in other case, I may have got envy. Amen. So the reward that you get from men, it ain't worth it. It is not worth it at all to get the rewards from men because they don't go anywhere. Amen. Amen. But it is something that we, we, we have to guard our hearts with because we have a desire in the flesh to let other folks know what we have done. We, we want folks to know how we have sacrificed what we have done. But the Lord knows before you say a word. Amen. And that's the only one that really matters because at the end of the day, all the things of this life will burn up in the fire anyway. But it's only what you do for Christ that will last. If we can just hold on to that, if we can just get a grip on the very fact that whatever, the only things that matter is what we do for the Lord, we cannot get caught up in the games of this world. Amen? Because they are games. That's all they are. And they're going to burn up when the earth burns up. Amen? So when we look at our text, the problem here is that we have no reward from the Father. 
So that means we have no lasting reward. No matter if it comes out into monetary gain or positional increase or stature or placard or trophy, it still is going to last only so long. You, you don't want stuff that's just going to last for a little while. You want stuff to last for eternity. Amen? And so Jesus is dealing with hypocrisy. Because the real issue here is he is talking to the religious leaders of his day, the Pharisees and Sadducees, the, the scribes, the, the, the folks that like to stand out in the crowd and let them see what they're doing. This morning, we were looking at how that the Pharisees would fast and, and they wouldn't wash their face and they, they wouldn't anoint their head. They'd go out smelling crazy, looking crazy, all for folks to say, Ooh, he sure is suffering while he fasts. Oh, he is so devout. He is so pious. Do you see how he's sacrificing for the Lord? Well, they had the same problem in their giving. Well, they wanted to make sure that that was a crowd, and they wanted to make sure that folks seen when they gave. Amen. They wanted folks to see the numbers so that folks would be awed by what those leaders gave. But the reality is that the Pharisees and scribes were lovers of money. So the reality was it was an Ananias and Sapphira situation anyway. They said they were given so much, but they really weren't. They, they were so rich, amen, they could take a portion that was less than what they were supposed to give and give that and it looked big, amen. They were the masters of illusion, Amen. Amen. And sometimes we can do the same things. Amen. Sometimes out of our resources, we can look like we're doing a whole lot. But you and you alone know whether or not you are really giving out of your heart. You are really giving according to what God is calling you can do. You can fool man, but you can't fool God. Amen. And so as we look at our text, we see, therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do. In the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men, assuredly I say to you, they have their reward. In the synagogues and in the streets, it, these are religious folks that God is dealing with. These are religious folks that Jesus is dealing with. He, he's calling their hypocrisy out. He, he's calling out their, their put-on, their, their fake phrase, their, their, their activities that look like they're so holy than now. But amen, they're full of excess and distortion. These are the same folks that, that, that would put burdens on folks that they couldn't bear. Amen, these are the same folks who set up laws and regulations that people couldn't carry out and they made them up themselves. But all the same time, looking like they were following, but out the back door, they wouldn't follow him even themselves. Right. These are the same ones who cried, Corban. These are the same ones who cried, my giving has to go to the Lord. That's what Corban is all about. Corban was all about those leaders not taking care of their parents. Yeah. Amen. The Pharisees and scribes, they were lovers of money. And you do know the love of money is the what? Root of all evil. And out of the Pharisees was much evil because of the love they had for money. Right. Now here is, 
these, uh, these religious leaders whose parents have raised them up and reared them and sent them off to the Gamaliel School of Theology. Amen. They have learned and matriculated. Now they're in positions of prominence with power, prestige, and money. And they're hollering Corbain. They're hollering Corbain because their hearts wasn't right. They loved money so much that they didn't even want to take care of their own parents. So they lied on God. Now ain't that something? It's enough to lie on somebody else but then to lie on God. They said, Corbain, that my money was set apart to the Lord. Lying all the time. They bring the money in the front door and take it out the back. Hypocrites. So we must be careful to examine our own hearts and minds and say, what kind of giving am I doing? Am I giving it so that folks can praise me? Am I doing what I do so that men can say good things about me? Or am I doing it because I love the Lord? Because at the end of the day, that's the only thing that's going to matter. Amen. Because the Bible says God remembers. So every dollar, every, every, every charity we give to, every tithe, every offering, is it because we love the Lord or is it because we want to be able to, to say something about what we do? We want to be able to brag. The Bible says take heed of that. Make sure that's not it. Because in that is no reward. Because he's saying, if your reward is with men, you don't have one in the first place. Amen. Amen. So let us guard our hearts. If we look at this text, it says in verse 3, But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. It's similar to what we studied in Sunday school this morning about doing it in secret. Amen. This is a, this is hyperbole, amen, what Jesus is using to say you need to make sure that your giving is in such a way, amen, that if, if your right hand sees it, it doesn't need to see it. Or if your right hand is doing, your left hand doesn't need to see it. These are all metaphors and this is all hyperbole to say that we need to make sure that which we do for the Lord, we do it in secret. When we give, we give to the Lord and only the Lord, but see the Lord don't need a trumpet. The Lord don't need bright lights. The Lord doesn't need media. The Lord can see what you do in the darkest places. Amen. Because the Lord says what is done in the dark huh, will be brought to the light. God is not uh, weak in the eye. It's not like he's got to have lights on and he's got to have big trumpets for him to hear. He sees all things before you even do it. Amen. So, so he's saying to us, do your charitable deeds. Do your giving in secret. Do what you do because you love the Lord, not because you want the praise of men. Amen. Because the world is full of that, y'all. Everywhere you look, the world is full of that. All such and such was so good. He gave a million dollars to this and he gave a thousand dollars to that. I mean, even sometimes we see these huge checks. They have a blown up a picture of a check that the world can see over the media that they gave thousands of dollars or millions of dollars to this deed. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you don't want to operate like that. That's how the operation of the world works. 
We want to operate in secret. If we're going to give to something, just give to it. Don't try to get your name in life because where your name needs to be is in the Lamb's book of life. Man, all these lights are flickering out. Amen. But the light of God will never go out. Amen. And so as we look at our text and come to a close on this short message, it says that that your charitable deeds may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. In this uh, passage of scripture, as we're going to study in the coming weeks, God keeps reiterating this. God keeps saying to us that he wants us to do it in secret so that he himself can reward us openly. He, he doesn't want us to go around trying to get our own accolades. Let the Lord reward us. Because one of the things about the reward of the Lord is, is that when the Lord rewards us, we don't know how he's going to do it. When we're looking for the accolades of men, God can have something that goes above and beyond that. Amen. And the other thing is, by us acting like kingdom citizens, we continue to show the world what the reality is of serving a true and living God. Amen. Folks can see, hey, such and such does this and does that, but she doesn't look for anybody to pat her on the back. Why is she that way? Brother such and such or, or Mr. such and such does this or that, but he doesn't tell anybody. He just does it secretly. Matter of fact, he doesn't even write his name on it. Amen. Why does he do it that way? That the world might see a difference in us because the opposites attract. Amen. There's a law of order that opposites attract. People are not in the world going to be attracted to the world. Because they already got that. Amen. They need to see something different. And that difference needs to come out of the house of the Lord. Amen. And so when I look at this text and I come to a close. When we see that there is a battle. For the minds and the hearts of not only the unbelievers. But also the believers. That the believer doesn't get caught up in hypocritical thinking that the believer doesn't get caught up in the show that the believer doesn't get all wrapped up and tied up in this world but we must always remember that one of these days every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord so our focus should be as we go through the days of life is to follow after the Lord and his goodness. We were talking this morning about seeking ye here therefore the kingdom of God and his righteousness for all the other things will be added unto us. All those things that we desire and more let the Lord add it because he's got that kind of power. We know that the silver is his and the gold, the cattle on a thousand hills and the hills thereof. See, we serve a true and living God that's got it all in his hands. And when we realize that, we don't have to have accolades from men because we know we're getting ours from the Lord. Who that would bear up their riches any other place but where they're truly at, and that is in heaven. The Bible says where moth cannot destroy, where rust cannot corrupt, nor thieves come break in and steal. I, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm still looking to the hills, which cometh 
my help. Knowing all my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and the maker of earth. I don't know about you saints, but I want to run the race that is set before me. I want to press toward the mark of the high calling of God because I know that he died that I might live and live more abundantly. So there's no reason for me to look for the accolades of men when I can have the accolades of God. And that takes me to the place where all these gifts were given unto us. Outside of the walls of Jerusalem, outside of of the Pharisees and Sadducees walk, there was this place called Golgotha's Hill. On Golgotha's Hill, it was the hill of the skull. Out there on Golgotha's Hill, there was death and there was destruction. But my Jesus and your Jesus, they marched him out outside the camp to this place called Golgotha's Hill. They hung him high and they stretched him wide and he hung on that cross from the third to the ninth hour. But the good news is that he died because if Jesus had not died, we would not yet live. But because God demonstrated his love toward us, that while we were yet sinners, he died. Ain't that good news, children, that Jesus died in our place? But that's not the end of the story. They took him down from that old rugged cross and they put him in Joseph's new tomb. He was in that tomb all night Friday. He was in that tomb all day Saturday. He was in that tomb all night Saturday night. But it was early, early. It was early, early. It was early before the crickets began to sing. It was early before the frogs began to croak. It was early before the dew began to drop. It was early, early Sunday morning. He got up with all power, all power in his hand. Ain't that good news, children? We don't serve a dead Jesus, but he is still alive. The Bible goes on to say that he stayed for a 40-day layover, showing himself to over 500 disciples. But one day, he stepped out on a cloud, and he went back to glory. The Bible says he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, full of grace and truth, interceding for you and for me. And one of these days, one of these days, he's coming back for a church without spot or blemish. Will you be ready? Will you be ready? Will you be ready when the Lord returns? I'm looking toward that day when there'll be no more pain and there'll be no more suffering. 
ain't that good news, children? Hallelujah, by and by. Be howdy, howdy, and never goodbye. That's good news. Hallelujah. Praise his holy name. And at this time, we're going to open the doors of the church. Amen. Because there may be somebody here today who doesn't know Jesus in the pardoning of their sins, that doesn't have this promise today to know that when they die, that their soul will be in the hands of the Lord. That can say that when I walk on my daily routes, that I don't talk with him and I don't walk with him and I don't hear him tell me that I am his own. Today is the day to get that business fixed. You can come right now to get your life right with the Lord. Because you want to be able to say those words. You want to be able to say that when the Lord comes, he's coming for me. So you can come to the Lord today. Amen. It won't cost you nothing because Jesus has already paid it all. You can come to the Lord today. Still plenty of good room. Praise the name of the Lord.